Hey guys, welcome back to the King Kumar podcast, where you will be inspired to make change. Today, my guest is Ryan Dew, the CEO of an app called Trippy. Trippy is an app that allows travelers to navigate throughout airports and find restaurants and shops. Ryan and I discuss how he got into Shark Tank, his Shark Tank experience, and how being called a spoiled millennial drived him to prove the sharks wrong and to make his company, Trippy, the number one airport navigation app. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did, don't forget to give it a rating wherever you find podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, anything. And please, please, please share my podcast with one of your friends. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy my podcast interview with Ryan Dew. All right, guys. Today, I'm here with Ryan Dew. He is the CEO of a company called Trippy. Um, Ryan, welcome to the show. And Thanks for having me. No problem. And do you want to start off by telling a little bit about yourself and um, who you are? And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Ryan Dew. Um, I'm 23 from Oakland, California, um, basically. Um, and I'm the founder and CEO of Trippy, which is a mobile app that helps travelers navigate busy airports. Um, we're currently in 140 airports nationwide and we have over 100,000 users on our platform. Um, and right now, we're really um, just trying to be help travelers find food in airports. All right, so Ryan, let's go back to the let's go back to the beginning. So, but before I ask you about entrepreneurship, I want to ask you about like you you played you played um, college while you had a dad who played professionally in Mexico, and you also played at a D one college um, at Colgate University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. I mean, just growing up, I've always, like, I played basketball since I was eight. Um, club, AAU, um, just kind of growing up and just, you know, playing. Um, never really had a vacation growing up because all I would do is go from tournament to tournament to tournament. Um, but it was able to get a chance to play basketball at Colgate University um, as a recruited walk-on, which is a great experience. Um um, basically, um, and was able to kind of use my, you know, being, being playing division one basketball, um, was definitely one of the greatest experiences of my life, if not the greatest, um, kind of really prepared me for everything after college, um, especially with entrepreneurship, like, um, you know, when in, in college, with college basketball, you, you know, you get knocked down a lot. You definitely take a lot of L's just in sports in general, you take a lot of losses. And so, you know, with, you know, I feel like there's nothing going to be tougher than that situation. Um, so being able to, you know, anything else is kind of a cup, kind of a cakewalk, I'd say. So, um, but I'd say that experience kind of really helped me, um, and kind of doing what I'm doing now and kind of gave me that resilience to kind of keep pushing forward through adversity. Okay. So let's go into, um, your, how did you get your love for entrepreneurship? It always started. I've always had it, um, you know, since uh, middle school and I would buy out the whole entire vending machine of gummy worms. Um, for a dollar each and then resell them for five dollars a pack but because I had all of them I could set the price 
don't know. I just like I've always wanted to like build something. I've always wanted to like make something that people used and liked. Um, not really about the money, but more along the lines of just building something that's like something that's you know there. I've always wanted to do it. Um, and so I just kind of naturally, when I came up with this idea, I felt like it was a good enough idea. It was a problem that I that I had that I wanted to solve, um, and a problem that a lot of people deal with. And so I was like, well, this could be that. And so I just kind of just decided to, you know, teach myself how to build an app and build the app. Talk to me about how you came up with your idea for Trippy. When did it first come to you? Yeah, so I was um I was in the airport somewhere between sophomore and junior year I like had like this was like after the summer basketball season was over it was after finals I was super hungry um and I had a carry I had like I was on my way home so I had like three back carry-ons I had a backpack in the front a backpack in the back and then like a little suitcase and like I really wanted a sandwich I really went to Subway I hadn't eaten all morning and I like ended up having to trust a random stranger with my bags in DC while like I went to go explore and like I like searched for an app that can like you know, help me, like, at least, like, first I wanted food delivered to my gate before my flight, um, and, like, I was like, oh, well, there's definitely not an app for that, and then I just wanted to see where things were, couldn't find that, so I was like, oh, well, there's not an app, like, this is an obvious problem, like, um, I could build this, like, and so I just decided to just do my research, um, came up with the idea, um, it was first going to be called Layover Delivery, which was, like, a seamless slash Grubhub for airports um where you can like kind of order food and get it delivered to your gate but then i realized like i'm 19 20 years old like i'm not going to be able to like orchestrate like a ring of people running around the airport um so i kind of thought back to my initial problem and that's like didn't knowing where not knowing where anything was and kind of just decided to attack it from there um and then from that point i was kind of i just kind of just built the app and people started coming to it and, you know, traction, traction, traction. And, you know, here we are. So talk to me about the next steps that came for you um, after you came up with the idea. Yeah. So um, next steps, honestly, were I immediately I got home and I just got a bug. I just started doing a whole bunch of market research and like seeing like if there's anything else out there. Um, like I started like looking up like the Grubhub seamless models and like, the first thing I did actually was like I called my best friend um, at the time and was like like yo Sammy like um, you know I came up with this awesome idea and like I told him that and he was just like yo like Ryan that's awesome but like do you know how hard it is to talk to VCs and I'm like oh my gosh like yeah you're right um, so, like that didn't let that discourage me um, and so I just continued to and so from there I kind of just did the market research um, and started just like seeing like if there was like a market out there and like then I just you know slowly just started to you know start to they started to think exactly which um which features I would want in the app like this um and then just like literally would google search how to build certain feature so like how to build feature that how to how to build screen that looks like iPhone home screen then I figured out I found out that oh that's a UI collection view and then you just learn how to write a UI and then you just figure out you know the ui collection view documentation because everything's online so, so what, then I, what yeah. is the ui collection group and what is a vc i know a vc is venture capitalist um what is a ui so ui like a ui collection view is essentially just a class a subclass of of a ui which is a user interface um which is 
um, like what the like the screen of like the app. So like, um, so for example, if you have an iPhone, if you or you know, if you have an iPhone, essentially, you open up the screen and you see like the icons in a row. That is called a UI collection view class. And so on my um, in, in, in a class of code, which that class, um, trying to explain it, that like is like how you build that. And so I wanted to have a screen in my app that looked similar to that. So I just Google searched how to build that. And then just kind of just like any other feature that I wanted, there was, you know, kind of used YouTube and kind of used other resources online. And then like eventually with any sport or anything that you do with practice, you eventually commit to memory. And then you just kind of slowly teach yourself how to code. And then now, like, I don't even need to, you know, Google search things. I just like can just build it. So um, talk to me about coding. Talk to me about coding because I think it's kind of going to become the future with AI and so many people are going to start to building more apps. I think we're kind of shying away from mom and pop stores, kind of shying away from stores in the sense and now we're kind of moving towards buying things just on our phone. Talk to me about that. Um, wait, wait, you said we're moving away from mom and, wait, can you, can you, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Oh, so, yeah, it's all good. So I'm trying to say, like, I'm think I'm saying that now apps are the future, and with apps being the future, coding is going to be high in demand, and many companies are going to want to hire young coders. Talk to me about your coding experience and why you think it's the future. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're in a time right now where we have a generation of people that are, like, above the age of 20. Like, you know, like, I'd say, like, you know, millennials, you know, there's, like, millennials and Gen Z, but, like, I'd say, like, there's, like, people above that, like, a lot of people don't know how to code. Um, So I feel like that we're in an age where, like, there's a lot of people underneath us, like, you know, like, you know, these eight, nine, ten-year-olds and, like, these kids that are growing up, Generation Z, that are kind of, like, already growing up and knowing how to do this stuff are going to, you know, they're going to be the future of kind of all this technological innovation. So I think that right now it's kind of been an interesting time where a lot of my peers per se don't know how to code. Um, and, you know, I think that it's important for them to learn how to code because I feel like if people nowadays start, if the people nowadays do not teach themselves how to code, there's going, there's a generation behind us um, or, you know, people, some of us, if you're 95 and, and above which i am the next generation that's coming in like is going to knows how to code and are going to take those jobs and are going to be and they're going to create super amazing things and so i i just think that like you know in my situation i feel like i've lucked out in the sense that not too many people um you know there's not a, a large amount of people yet coding isn't mainstream yet and so there's a lot of people with amazing ideas that have to rely on other people to build things for them. Um, and that's just, you know, a sad reality. And, but it's, it's a real thing. And so, you know, eventually these people are going to learn, are going to, you know, automatically just know how to build things themselves and come up with these great problems and, and solve these problems on their own. And so I think that that's how the landscape is changing in the sense that, um, you know, as more and more people start learning how to code, people have been be able to solve, solve a lot more issues that we're dealing with rather than having to, work with, you know, an outside developer, um, you know, and a lot of the smartest people on earth were working for, you know, the Googles, the Facebooks and stuff like that. And those companies are kind of hoarding a lot of talent because they're paying a lot out. But 
you know, as this more entrepreneurial generation comes up, it's going to be interesting to see how coding um, affects things. So talk to me about how someone who has no experience coding can, after listening to our podcast together, can get started right away. Is it, um, what kind of tools can they use? Well, I mean, I use Xcode, YouTube, and I mean, I use Xcode for term- for development tools. I use Xcode and Sketch, and those are sketches for how I design UI kits, and Xcode is kind of for how I build. Um, I'd say that, like, for someone who has no coding experience, like, think about what you want to build, right? Like, everybody knows what they want to build. And so from there, like, then you can just Google search how to build it, and then there's somebody who's already done it. Or somebody who's already built a specific feature, you can go feature by feature, like, and you can literally Google search like how to build that small feature that like I want to build on my app. And somebody else has already did it. Might be for a completely different app with a, that serves a completely different purpose, but the functionality and the code is still the same. So you can just you know figure out how they did that and then just integrate that into your app. Um, I think that you know in terms of like for app design, um, UI UX stuff. Um, there's a great resource out there called Sketch App Resources that I'm able to, um, it is sketchappresources.com, that you're able to actually see free UI kits that are, you know, made of like, you know, app app prototypes or app, you know, like, like you know, app ideas from these designers that you can, you know, main, you, you know, a lot of these apps aren't relevant to what you're trying to do. We you know it's somebody else's idea, but you might, you know, get like a really cool idea or a really cool, like, you know, design concept that you might want to just, like, you know, put inside of your app. Um, like, you know, I got, you know, one of our, couple of our things, like, on Trippy, for example, are, like, one of them was from an old Instagram UI that, like, I thought was really pretty in terms of, like, how their Explore page looked at the time. And so I took that, or, like, you know, Limebike, like, had, like, a nice little, um, little, like, menu bar. Like, like, boom, 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 boom. I thought that was cool. And so I kind of just, like, adapted that for, like, how trippy it would look. And so there's so many, like, things out there to the point where you can just literally, like, either if you want to learn how to code it, somebody's already did it. And if you want to learn how to design it, somebody's already successfully built something that, like, is working. So just adapt your product to, like, what the people like. And then maybe, you know, people catch on. I think if people want to start to code, it's literally them wanting to make that change and wanting to do that because it's literally a Google search away. Like if you search um, apps to help me code or resources to help me code, it's going to come up. It's just a matter of you putting in that time and making that search. A hundred percent. And I, and I think that even it goes deeper than that in the sense that like, like, like I think it can be overwhelming when like you just Google search, like, you know, how to code. Or, like, I think if you can kind of, like, narrow it down to what problem you want to solve and what exactly you want to build, you can really make a more niche Google search to where you can get the exact information you need rather than having to sift through a whole bunch of stuff that looks like it's in another language. Like, when you when you first look at Swift during the coding, it looks like it's, it's like hieroglyphics. But then, like, once you, once you figure out, once you, once you're, He's figuring out how that code adapts to the product that you want to build and how it and how and how it fits in and how one leads to the other, then you're able to then, you know, understand it and then build a pretty good product. So 
Um, before you got on Shark Tank, you were actually in airports like O'Hare. Um, how did you get in contact with those airports? I didn't have to. Oh, did uh, you just map it out? Yeah. Uh, interesting. So, just provide value for users. Have the users come and make money later. So that's what I do in podcasting. I just DM them and I try to provide them value. Like for you, I'm trying to bring you your app to the millennial, um, 18 to 22 year olds who are traveling a lot and now by themselves, they don't have to rely on their parents. And I think this app can really help them. So let's talk about your journey to Shark Tank. So how did that happen? Um, I can't talk too much about it, but I'll just say that um, how the process went was um, I I was reached. I, uh, I'm trying to like see how I can do it. Um, I didn't go to like a. Okay, how can I, uh, so yeah, how that basically happened was um, I, we were featured in a magazine called Ink Magazines, coolest college startups, um, and from there um, we were able to get the opportunity to go on the show. Interesting. So I actually did some research and I found out that your company won 20, 20K um, in the first place at Colgate's E-Weekend Shark Tank pitch event. And then fo that followed up by you being one of the America's best student-run businesses by um, Inc. Magazine in their coolest college startup feature. And then you were contacted by... Uh, the producers at Shark Tank. So actually talk to me about that experience in Shark Tank because I know as a fact that it's not um, 10 minutes. Like whatever you can talk about your Shark Tank experience, I would like you to tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. It was like, um, it, it was it was it was it was an interesting thing. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it was it was cool to get a chance to see those people up close. Um, as you know, the, the result wasn't what I wanted, but it was, you know, at the time, you know, if you would have asked me three minutes before I pitched, if I would have, you know, went on Shark Tank, if I would have pitched Trippy on Shark Tank, I would have thought you were crazy. I would have thought you were drunk. I would have thought whatever. Um, but that's, and that just kind of just happened that way. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, the thing is it like, it doesn't last like like it's a lot longer than you would think. It's not just like what they show on TV. Um, I mean, they kind of you know it's able to it's 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 a TV show at the end of the day. So it's it's for entertainment, it's for shock value. But I'd say that the the aftermath of it really kind of um, allowed us to get a kind of a, more of a platform to spread the message about Trippy and get the word out. So let's actually talk about this because um, I've seen like. I, I appreciate like your work ethic and you as a person, like I really look up to you as a mentor, but there are other people who disagree and there are other people who kind of saw your behavior on there and didn't really agree with you. So I want to hear your perspective on that. I mean, for me, I mean, I could care less what other people think. I mean, I'm doing what I'm doing. So like at the end of the day, like, I think that like I think that how how I came across is like how any I took I took Shark Tank as a competitive experience. I took Shark Tank as like a national championship game is an NBA finals type thing. And like that's always been a dream of mine. 
and just like any players always been have been a dream to play like in a national championship game and you see like at the end of the final four those kids lose they cry those kids lose they're they're hurt they're heartbroken like I didn't get a deal like that's something that I worked for my whole life and I didn't get it and like it just sucked that the whole world got to see my my raw emotions but like I don't take I don't know I'm not gonna just like sugarcoat it yeah it sucked it's like it's just like I lost a championship game and like everybody's gonna be hurt after a championship game you know and so what I will say is that I learned it as as a public figure and as someone who um that is something that, that I, I need to be able to react more with grace and that was an experience that I think I'm going to have more of those in my future. And so I won't act I, that, that I will make sure that my emotions don't kind of, I kind of don't get caught like that again. Um, but I think that overall, like, I don't regret it. Um, I think that just like, like I said, anybody that if you're really passionate about something, like it's gonna like, and you really put your, your, your like heart and soul into it, like you're going to be disappointed and you don't get it and you're going to fight for what you believe in. And so, like, I guess what I wanted to tell, like, with the point that I, I kind of disagreed with about the, how they portrayed the show is essentially that I, you know, a lot of people kind of took it as, or, you know, the Sharks themselves took it as, oh, there's this kid who came on who, you know, didn't have much yet. I think we're only in four airports, only at 800 users, but yet he's asking for, like, 100K. And, like, so you're, but I was thinking in the sense that, like, yo, like, I was a Division One athlete. Who also played who also was a computer science major who was like a normal student who like went out on the weekends like had a normal life like and still like was able to build this product like with zero lemons basically so imagine if you gave me a little bit more resources where we think i could be and so that's kind of like the the narrative that i was trying to portray is that like i would I look what i've been able to do with basically nothing um but you know it is what it is i've always been able to grind i've always been you know underestimated um i've always kind of just wanted to kind of prove people wrong. And so, like, I, like I said, like, yeah, people might not, I could care less what other people think as um, not too many of those people with opinions have been in the same situation in the same, uh, same situation that I've been in um, and are in the same position that I'm in now. So could care less. So um, I hate to do this to you, but I want to ask you this because I think it can bring you, it, it tells your story more. And I want to ask you like how, how Mark, when Mark Cuban call, called you this, like how it made you like to work harder and kind of prove him wrong. So he called you like a spoiled millennial. And I was, and I want to ask you, how did those two words drive you to prove him wrong? Um, I would say that it wouldn't drive me to prove him wrong in the spoiled millennial part. One, I'm Generation Z. So the millennial is just not even like a thing. So that just kind of bothered me. But other than that, no, like I'm honestly like, I don't see myself as that. So, like, if somebody can say something about me, like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I know that that's not me. Like, I warned my friends about how the show was going to go and all the people that I cared about about how the show was going to go before the show happened. I mean, well, I, I, no, actually, I did not do that. Like, the day of the show happened because I couldn't, I couldn't talk about Shark Tank before the episode aired. But essentially, like, people that I was really close to and the people that knew know me as a person know that that's not who I am, essentially. Um, and so, like, anybody else could care less. Like, if you get to know me, you know, that's not me. You know, that's not me. So it's irrelevant, like, what other people think. I mean, again, I feel, I feel like, you know, that definitely motivated me to, uh, you know, to continue to, you know, grow this product and continue to kind of be, you know, take this the best place that I can. But again, I feel like the people that um, are, you know, are, are super, super, you know, saying all these saying negative things 
aren't, you know, haven't really been in the same situation that I have been in and aren't in the same position that I'm in now. So again, you know, I'm just trying to just do me and trying to be the best, um, best entrepreneur that I can and try to, you know, build this app up to, and try to take it to where it can go. And just, you know, it's my first go around at this. So I'm excited to, you know, I'm excited to have made it this far and I hope that it can continue to keep growing the product. So the thing about you is like, I don't think many people realize how much work you have to put in just to get on Shark Tank. Like, not everyone gets on Shark Tank. Like, I would probably say like the 1% get into Shark Tank and you were that 1%. So I'm saying to them, well, guys, you didn't work as hard as he did. Like, he worked, he literally worked so hard to get himself on this national scale. Like, you shouldn't be talking when you didn't do what he did. So I want to ask you, do you have ambitions about going back on Shark Tank like a second time or no? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I, but if I'd go back, I'd want to go back um, when I like am like, like number one, like go back like when I'm like that guy. I'm not even close to that guy yet. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not yeah. even close to like you know, we're, I mean, we're getting a, like a good amount of users. Like I said, like people are using our product. It's been really dope to see, but like, we're not like a multi-million dollar company yet. And so there's no need to go back mediocre. I'm trying to go back and take the cake. If anything, I'm trying to go back and be in one of those chairs. So like, and that's just the motivation that I have. So like, again, um, that's just the, my, my, my ambitions are very high. Um, I think that uh, yeah, I just kind of for yeah, I, I so I essentially I don't want to. I want to. I, I think going back would be a cool opportunity, but not until I'm ready. A five hours, what? Like that you're putting in just for basketball. Like a day, a week. Yeah, a day. Yeah, I mean, if we're, we're talking about college. college yeah, college. Let yeah, me try to think. Okay, so you have lift. That's about an hour and a half. Plus, if you shower, then you got then you got film. So that's like 30 minutes. So that's two hours. You got practice, which is like two and a half. But you got a shower. Yeah, I'd say about five and a half hours. Yeah, so you were you you you, did, you went to basketball. And on our trips, you said on Shark Tank, you were coding. Yeah. So you didn't talk to any of your friends. You didn't go on social. I'm guessing you probably didn't go on social media. And if you did, it was minimal. Then you went to school. You went to classes. You had homework. And then you quoted, that's just amazing, man. How did you balance all of that? I mean, yeah, like I was saying earlier, like, it's not really that hard. Like, honestly, like, it's not. Like, I had, like, college, you have four class. You, like, college, you take four to five classes a semester. Like, I had a lab, so that's why I say five, but usually four, right? And so, like, you have two classes a day, three if you're unlucky. And so, you know, I'm thinking about my schedule. Like, I would wake up. I'd usually have, a, I would have like, a 9.20, 9.20 to 10.10. Um, on Mondays, um, then I would have lift at like, then I'd go to the dining hall, eat, you know, eat breakfast at like 10, um, right before lift, which would be at 1130, but you have to get to the gym around 1110, right? So then you finish that, you get dressed, you get to lift, you finish lift about 1230, you get to the dining hall, eat lunch before you're 120. Um, you know, you finish lift about, you lift, you finish lift about 1230, but you don't get up the hill about maybe about 1250. So you finish lunch, you get to lunch about one twenty. I mean, you get, you finish lunch about one twenty for your next class. You have a one twenty to about two thirty five. Then, I don't know. Then you have time before practice, which starts at four. Uh, then practice goes from like four to 
you know, if, if practice at four, because the girls might practice at four. So if practice at four, then, you know, you're out of the gym by like 6.30, then you just have, then you eat, then it's like seven, 7.30, and then you have time to do homework. And then if you're lucky, like, you know, if you, if, you know, if you don't have much homework, which I didn't, it was just projects for CompSci and stuff like that, which isn't like busy work, like high school and middle school. It's like more like due dates type stuff. Then you can just like put your time to code. And like, luckily for me, like, I, you know, on the bus and stuff, that's like free time. So like, I would be in the hotel, like we'd have shoot arounds and stuff. And like in between shoot around when I didn't have class, because I'd be on the road in between shoot around in the game, shoot around at the end of like 1230, one o'clock game wouldn't start till seven. We'd be on the bus by like five, have that four hour block on the bus. That's just like free time. And so just like basically during my free time. And then like that didn't take away from like, I went out on you know every friday and saturday if we didn't have games um you know and so like it's not like i wasn't like it isn't like i was just like in my house just like doing nothing but coding and basketball could no, i was at a social life and so i don't know i just feel like you 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 make them time for the things that you want to do and um it honestly wasn't too terrible for me um but that's i guess that that might just be a me thing but i i felt like if you're able to really kind of balance your priorities you're able to kind of get stuff done 24 hours is a lot of time you're a, you're a very driven person from what i can tell um so so talk to me about i want to talk to me about sports being like a family yeah i mean it's like those are like your brothers you know like i mean i like oh we are still on like like my my closest my teammates like to this day like we have kids that are still on the team there that are in my group chats um kids that are, you know the people that, that alums that i've graduated with that we all talk in the same snap groups twitter twitter groups instagram groups every day like we're just always chatting it up about something um and so it's just like those turned out to be your brothers like you know we you're there on winter break when no one else is there um you know we've been we were there at colgate like that's where a lot of the the, the building happened for trippy actually was you know when everyone went home for winter break like we just still had to be on campus. We only got three days off for Christmas. So we just do nothing besides play basketball and just go to sleep. And so, you know, we like you, so we work on side projects. So, you know, that's how you be, that's where the brotherhood, you know, comes, you guys spend so much time together. I think we created a rap mixtape over winter break. Like there's a side project. We created like a little music album. Like there's just, um, it, these are just like all that to say, like sports is your family, just because you go through so much adversity with one another. Like, you struggle together, you win together, you thrive together, you party together. Like those are like you you grow up together. Um, so you kind of you know even kids that I grew up with in high school, though you know, those are still kids a part of my family. And just you know I think any any situation where you kind of struggle together and also go through a lot of growth together, there's any time you're going to kind of breed family, which is why college in general breeds gives you a lot of people that you know you're still close to afterwards, not just teammates. <laughs> I, I want to ask you this question because it's becoming uh, very controversial. And it's that, do you believe that people should go to college? <laughs> mm, yes and no, right? I mean, I went to college. So, like, I think that, like, from a strictly, like, experience standpoint, like, like for the college experience, like, it's a no-brainer. I think, like, logically, no. Because you can get everything you need, like, you can just specialize. You can get everything you need 
from not going to college. Like Trippy, going to college helped with Trippy only because of our entrepreneurship incubator, which kind of got me the ability to get the alumni network, the connections, to be able to grow my network, to be able to learn how to build a startup. So, but I'd say that like, you know, for strictly just like, you know, for coding, for, you know, for like very niche type things, like you don't need to go to college. Like people are making so much money, like, like doing things that like you don't even need a college education for. But I'd say that what college is really good for is building a great alumni network, building a great group of people that you can rely on that are going to be successful and that you can reach out to at any time and really just kind of growing up and being a, a growing up and going through stuff as like a, as a young person, um, you know, being on your own the first time, you learn a lot of lessons in college, a lot like social lessons and, you know, and a lot of things about life that are invaluable. And so I think for, you know, as a human being in like social, like, and just is like, you know, being a better person then college is a no brainer. But if you're talking about strictly like financially, logically, just like, will this, like, is this financially feasible in order to make me, um, you know, in order to get me to where I want to be in my career, then you might want to just specialize in, you know, a lot of that information's online. But I, I, I would tell my kids to go to college just because like that college experience, like if you get in with the, like, if you, once you find your niche of people, it's like, those are your people you, you you're cool with for life and like I always talk about college like I'm like almost two years removed now and I still like you know I love it and still talk to all my people and so I'd say yes so that's why I'd say yes and no I think it's true but I think it's however in the sense of like a lot of the jobs and a lot of opportunities are because it's not what you know it's who you know and it just allows you an opportunity the ability to increase your network and give you net worth in so many ways that you might have not have you you meet people that you might have not have been able to meet given your college affiliation and given given the people that you've been around in the alumni network and so I, I think it depends on which field you're trying to go to so for example like if i was trying to work on wall street i need to go to college like if that's what i want to do then like i need to be able to go to a school a small liberal arts school in the northeast or like a stanford or like a school where a lot of people work at jp morgan morgan stanley um, you know, a lot of these, you know, that can help BlackRock, that can help me get in with these, some of these, like some of these companies. And so I just think it, I think it depends on which industry you're trying to get into. Obviously, if you, I want my, I want my doctor to go to college, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I think it just depends on what your, um, what your, what, what fields you're going into. So just, just kind of be wary with that. Ryan. Um, I want to give you the floor to tell my audience anything you want and give kind of give some tips for on young entrepreneurs who just have that dream. Yeah, so some some tips I'd just say is just like, I mean, the biggest one that I always like to say is that like, if you have an idea, just like do it. Like, like no one knows your passion and no one knows your vision better than you. And so, like, a lot of people always say, like, oh, like, yeah, like, this is awesome. Let me, like, like, who can I get? Can I get a coder? Can I get a developer to build, like, my thing? And it's like, bro, if you, like, really think it's going to work, like, and you, like, there's so many easy ways to figure out how to build. Like, I just talked to this designer last, on Friday, that she had does not a code at all, but she, she built an app for that, like, she built an app, and the back end is built out of Google Sheets. Like she doesn't know how to code at all, 
And so, and, 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 and she has like a, you know, functioning app. And so what I would say is that like, you know, if you really have a, like, if you have a, like a dream for something and uh, then just go for it, like figure out how to build it, like Google search, like how to get it done, figure out what you want to get done and make a search for how to do it. Somebody else in the world has definitely done it. And there's definitely a tutorial for it because what you're doing isn't too niche. Um, and so that would be what I would, that's like my main thing. And the second thing is like, like there's going, like your vision is going to be consistently moving. Think about it in the sense of like, you're a running back and you're trying to like find the hole to get through and certain, like a lot of the best, like a lot, a lot of the best runs in the NFL aren't, you know, through the hole that was designed on the play. It's the running back who found another hole, found another gate and started just taking off and going through that. And so I'd say that like, you really, like, really make sure that, like, you know, don't be, you know, steadfast. If you get stopped one way, then, like, you got to be able to be smart on your feet and pivot and continuously move. Like, you know, like, for example, the best example I can give is us being, you know, going from airport food delivery to, like, airport navigation. Like, you got to consistently bob and weave until you can finally get out of the, the bushes. And then once you get out of the bushes, that's when you hit product market fit because you realize, oh, this is what works. This is what works. This is what's going. And so, I, yeah, I'd say that just, like, don't uh it, it's it's a process and once you get knocked down like it's a test it never goes as fast as you want it to go it's always going to be slow and it's going to be slower and then eventually one day it's going to pop off but don't don't let it discourage just keep working keep working basically what he, what i think you're trying to say is if you have a dream if you have an idea go for it and don't don't listen to what the haters said because that's what you did you did exactly what i'm trying to say you didn't listen to anything that the haters said. You just knew that, okay, I have this idea and I'm not going to care what anyone says. I'm going to execute and I'm going to prove everyone wrong. So I just want to ask you two more questions. As a young African-American, you represent a minority. And even as an entrepreneur, you represent a minority. So talk to me about that because you're kind of breaking the boundaries here. And that's just really inspiring. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I I think of myself as like, just like any other dude, like you feel me, like I like I yeah, I think it is a great thing. I think the greatest thing that I can really give, and the greatest thing that I really think about in terms of my race is like, I like that I can be like a role model for people that look like me. Like you know, like we have like we like we have like you know we intern we have black high school interns um that work for trippy like you know i'm always looking to try to you know i coach youth basketball like i really want to show kids um that look like me that you can look like me and still be interested in tech but still be cool at the same time and so like i think that's kind of like how i think about it in the sense that like i want to be like rep in terms of representation like me growing up in oakland me growing up in silicon valley like there wasn't anybody that like was like me that I could look up to and be like, I want to do that. Um, and so it's cool to kind of be that person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it is, a, it is a cool thing. Um, but like, you know, and it has been, there has definitely, I think been some challenges, you know, around it, but like, I don't let those, you know, uh, there's always going to be challenges. Like, you know what I mean? Like it is what it is. You just got to just break through it. And then, and then that, and then that shows like when you're at the top, it just makes it so much sweeter. Rather, you know, like, rather than, you know, kind of just like, you know, going through it easily, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I like the adversity. So, um, the, you know, I, but I, I do think the rep being, you know, representation is pretty important for me. 
Um, and it has been something that, um, you know, I've thought about and something that I really want to do in terms of like community outreach and something that I, I continue to do. And, um, and I just, I, I definitely want to continue to be that person for my community. Um, yeah. So Ryan, what, what do you hope as a future for Trippy? I mean, I want us to be the app that everyone has to use when they go to the airport, essentially. Just like, I think that like, I want it to be like Uber level type of like, of like necessity, I think, on on, on on Maslow's hierarchy of needs type. Like, I want people to be like, I'm at the airport, let me open up Trippy to see my options. And like, we've rec- I'm kind of already seeing that. Like, people have messaged me saying, yeah, I use this at every airport I'm at now, like, I don't know who you are, but like, great app. And I'm like, wow, like you don't even know me and you're using this all the time. Usually it's just people that are like, oh my gosh, like I know you, I use your app, like Ryan, I use your app, like, oh my God. But like, so it's kind of cool to see strangers doing that. Um, And so um, I don't, I have ADD, so I forgot where I was going. (laughs) I have ADD too. how, How do you use ADD and how do you focus on things? Like how do you get tasks done? For me, I think my ADD works in the sense that, like, I'm very, I can either be, I'm very not focused on a lot of things, but when I'm really focused, when I'm, when I'm focused on something, I'm really focused on that one thing. Like, in the sense that, like, for example, like, like, I'm, I'm thinking about whatever, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm out there, but like, like i don't know when i just like this but sometimes like i can just go to a level like and it's very rare like it's like only like a five percent of the time but like in that five percent like that's where trippy comes from like in that five percent like that's like those four hours of code a straight where i'm just where i just built some crazy stuff like that's where that comes from and so like 95 percent of like i would say not 90 but yeah i'd say 95 percent of my time i'm just messing around but that 5% like is ridiculous. And that's why I think that ADHD people with ADHD are low key brilliant. It's just like, it is what it is. It's like, you're just, you're just built differently. And you just gotta, you gotta realize that your brain works a little bit differently and you gotta just use that to your advantage. And like, what I've noticed is like a lot of the entrepreneurs that I've, uh, you know, that I've come across on um, whether it be in accelerators, incubators, they all have some type of learning disability or not, not learning disability, learning difference. That is, you know, something that is like, you know, whether it be, you know, grew up with ADHD, you know, never had, you know, had a hard time focusing in class, like, and so I just think that there's like a little bit of a trend, you know, our minds work a little bit differently. Um, And so it is what it is, and you just use it to your advantage. Ryan, I kind of want to give you this forward to say anything that you want that we didn't necessarily cover. Um, and also, if you could, this is a podcast where I want to help people make change. So if you could provide some tips for that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, I, I think that just overall, um, kind of going back to what I said, like, just like, don't give up on your dream. Like, just keep it going, like, figure out a way to finance it. Like, there's so many ways to make money. Like, I don't like Trippy is at my like, like Trippy is my main thing, but that's not how I'm getting all this money. Like where I'm at right now, like I'm. I'm, I'm interning at a, at a, at a VC firm, like, and they're allowing me the ability to work in their office. Like I have an office for the day, like in this place, like I have, you know, I do, I do, did Uber, I did Lyft, you know, I do basketball training. And so I, I, so I make money. And so I realized I, I ditched Uber and Lyft because I realized that I can just make money doing things that I'm actually like good at. 
And so like, I'll like, you know, build a, you know, I'll design something for someone or I'll do, you know, Uber, I'll do like, um, you know, I'll do basketball training. I train kids for money. And so like, there's just, like, I kind of have just tried to monetize my skill sets in order to, to support my vision. And so I'd say monetize your skill set in order to support your vision. Um, if you, if that's what you really want to do, um, because then you're always doing something that you want to do. Um, and so, um, or, or, or if you're not get a job or get something where you can just make money while working on what you're doing. So whether it be sitting, sitting behind the counter somewhere where you can be on your laptop the whole time, but like, you're still getting paid for it. Like figure out, like, if that's something you really want to go in, like get going for, like just make the money in order to survive and then figure it out later. Um, and so that's kind of like my thing. And I guess to make change, like my biggest thing is try to be like, like, I was talking to my mom about this yesterday and she said, like, she said that was something that was like, that was really interesting. She said, like, I don't try to learn, I don't try to learn everything. Um, just something along the lines of like, don't try to learn everything, but I really try to learn something about everything. And so that's something that is pretty interesting in the sense that like, at least you want to like in order to make change you have to be informed and i think that a lot of the times in today's day and age people tend to kind of stick into their own sound chambers and kind of follow who they have follow who people that think like them and kind of you know want to be right more than i mean want to be uh agreed with more than they want to be right per se and so I think that in order for us to kind of, for you to make change, you got to be just more informed and really get involved with a lot of things and kind of get out of your comfort zone. Um, and, I, and I think that comes with just being more informed and, you know, wanting to understand and having empathy for where people are coming from. But at the same time, um, balancing that with logic and, and facts. Okay, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, the interview. And I wish you the best for Trippy, and I hope you make it big. And um, just um, tell my audience where they can find you on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Ryan Dew, or at R-Y-A-N-D-I-E-W. Um, my tweets are lit. I make people laugh. Um, my Instagram is not as, as, as great. I don't really have any followers, so if you can boost mine up, that'd be dope. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. You can find me those. Um, I'm always active. You can DM me for advice or anything like that. Like welcome to give it. Um, if you have any tips for me, welcome to hear them. Like always trying to learn, always trying to get better. Um, and so, yeah, appreciate, appreciate the time and thanks for having me on.